This is Kai Stewart, reading bedtime stories for nobody. Several pounds of chert were walking down the street on the way to get a sandwich. And the first pound of chert says, The other day I ran into my cousin, a cubic foot of nice, you remember, from Tucson? You met at the barbecue last year for Sammy's graduation from college that we held in September because the charcoal couldn't get any time off until then. And your aunt got pretty drunk and started telling stories about your mom when she was in high school and, like, how one time she was out after curfew with her boyfriend. And when she got home, her parents had rearranged all the furniture in her room so it faced the walls. And she couldn't go to bed without moving anything so she could tip the bed down away from the wall. So instead of all that, instead of messing with that, she sat downstairs on the couch all night, and when her parents woke up the next day, she told them she wanted to be a dental hygienist. And they were really supportive. You know, even though your Uncle Chris had gone to school for dental hygienics, and then on his first job he was doing a cleaning for a fortune teller from a circus that happened to be passing through town, and she told him that he had the hands of a good lion tamer, and... By coincidence or fate, the circus was, at that very moment, looking for a new lion tamer. So he left to travel with the circus and tame the lion. But when he got there, the circus had already hired a kid the trapeze artist had found bagging fries at the Wendy's. So your Uncle Chris went to ask the lion what it thought. And it told him that kids you meet at Wendy's are rarely old enough to know what they want out of life. And living with them is either a terrifying roller coaster as they try to figure it out, or a heartbreaking morass as they don't. So, Chris went back to the dental office, and worked out a deal where every pay period, part of his wages went towards buying a stake in the business. He's still a dental hygienist, but now he's also part owner. It's, uh, I guess it's pretty confusing around tax time. The business has seven owners now. Uh, two dentists, four receptionists, and one dental hygienist, and all the owners are involved in all the decisions. So even though the office has only two exam rooms, each one is booked for 27 people a day. The receptionists developed a system of group cleanings, so as many as seven people can share one appointment. The receptionists work out the ideal group for each time slot based on personality, dental needs, common interests, height, and favorite flavor of flora gel. The receptionists are a powerhouse, and trying to keep up with them can be a terrifying roller coaster. So what's one dental hygienist to do? And anyway, your aunt told it really funny. I don't I don't remember. I can't do it. But your aunt told it really funny, and everyone laughed except your mom, who just looked tired and checked her appointments. So she writes everything down in this huge blue book, bound in blue leather. Not on consecutive pages, but according to a complex system of her own devising. Because it was the only way to keep ahead of the receptionists. Once they'd picked up her trail, your mom has a network of contacts now around the city, and they get word to her when someone needs a cleaning or some dental x-rays, they, like, whisper to her from out of alleyways, or they, like, slip notes in her hand when pretending to pass her flyers for churches or restaurants. And she usually shows up in the small hours of morning, or when the patient has excused themselves to use the bathroom or make a phone call, and she just, like, lunges out and does it right there in the phone booth. And she's raised all-terrain dental hygienistry to an art form. I one time saw her irrigate an impacted molar with just a straw and a Starbucks latte. But even so, she can never let her guard down, or else the receptionists will be on her like a pack of hyenas in swivel chairs, dragging her back to the office with, with its cares, and back-to-back party cleanings, and mimosa-flavored fluoride. And some of the people who are in those party cleanings have had their teeth cleaned seven or eight times this year. 
they're addicted to the rush of holding their tongue away from the suction cube, to the thrill of guessing what procedures the other people in the party need. These people are junkies, they're strung out on floss, they're stealing toothpaste from their friends and family, they book cleanings on the black market since most of them have been permanently banned from all the local dentist's office, or, if not permanently banned, at least until six months after their last cleaning. Your mom doesn't need that kind of hassle. She's a professional. She's worked hard to achieve her current level of expertise and trust in the community, and one of these dental junkies came to a session with Pop Rocks, super glued to their teeth like tiny, delicious, inconsequential bombs. They're animals! Just then, your little cousin Plank tried to do a cannonball but messed it up entirely and accidentally performed a perfect swan dive. You remember? And the different pound of chert, walking down the street, said, Sure, sure! I remember! The cubic foot of nice talked to me for an hour and a half about its investments in Peninsulan real estate and how that's going to be the next big thing once the ice caps melt and the sea rises and all the houses in the interior of what used to be a continent or a land bridge will now be beachfront. Beachfront all the way around. Sell them to rich people who want to have no neighbors because they're afraid of the people who are dying and the heat and the food shortages laying siege to their houses. Your cousin sounded really knowledgeable, you know. It just sounded like a really withed cubic foot of nice. But then I got home, and I saw that there was a BuzzFeed article about eminent domain and how the government had just signed a thing saying that in the event of cataclysmic sea risings and inland water encroachment, all remaining landmasses would be owned and dispersed by the government for governmental things. I was really disappointed. I called your cousin up to tell it about the domain laws, but it said that Peninsula real estate was old news. The real money now was in eating contests. Eating contests were the future, and the cubic foot of nice said that, since it was incapable of eating, it had assembled a team of biologicals to enter contests under its management, and it was thinking about calling them the nice guys. I, I have to admire your cousin's enterprising spirit.